It is the Hanson Scotty Show, and as we do every single Tuesday, we kick things off in great form, getting the head coach from the Utah State Aggies on with us. It's Gary Anderson. Coach Anderson, how are you? I'm doing good, Hans. How are you? Well, I'm trying to hold down the fort. Scotty got in, called into some executive meetings. It's probably me. I probably got us that? in trouble did somehow. Get, did you get in trouble again? <laughs> I'm always in trouble. I guarantee you, somewhere around a big table, higher-ups that make a lot more money than I do are discussing, is Hans really worth the drama? Is he, is he really worth the fines and the drama? That's going on somewhere right now. Well, that, get, that gets people to listen, right? Yeah, it does. But can you just uh, get my back and say I am worth the drama? I'd really appreciate it. You are it, worth every ounce of whatever drama they're going through. And I, I would say this. I think they've completely overreacted. <laughs> you have overreacted to these small to little things that have happened. Unless they're just sitting there talking, how are we going to pay this guy enough money to keep him? Then they have uh, not overreacted. <laughs> I guarantee that that's not happening. So, Coach, coming off the bye week, uh, let's talk about this. Some recruiting, some deep film review, a lot of things go on in a bye week. This isn't a time for you and your staff to head to Hawaii. No, no, it's been it's been a good week. I thought we, uh, you know, bye week was good for us overall, and. You know, ground through the practices. Obviously, San Diego State was at the forefront of uh, preparation, but we also got to spend some time with the young kids, which is, is awesome this time of year to be able to, uh, you know, get with those young kids and position coaches, get with them and let them play within our scheme a little bit instead of uh, being the prep squads all the times. And I've um, got some recruiting done, mostly in state, but it was good to get to a lot of those high school games and see our, uh, you know, our local Utah kids playing. Um, but it was good. You know, I thought it was it was a good – you always try to make the best of bye week. I think we made the best of bye week. And, uh, you know, we can use every minute we can on San Diego. They're very complicated on defense. They show you a lot of uh, different things on defense. And much respect for Rocky and what he does on defense. Anybody that knows football knows he's very good at what he does. And, um, you know, offensively they, they do quite a few things and a, couple, a lot of different packages and kind of smash-mouth football team at times and get out there and spread it out. So you got to be ready for everything. So we, we used it to our advantage as much as possible. You know, I was thinking back to bye week times, Coach, and it wasn't as bad for some of the veterans as it was the young guys. And you had mentioned you got an opportunity to look at your young guys. I got to imagine it was somewhat beneficial to watch some of those young guys against Stony Brook and see an opportunity to put plenty of guys out on the field and then get them on a field and have an opportunity to put more time and emphasis into that film review and then some scrimmaging. Were you able to find some guys, develop some guys that maybe you didn't see as depth coming out of uh, summer camp? Yeah, there was. You know, some people have gotten on the field and and jumped out and are, are playing a lot for us. Um, you know, Cam Lampkin at corners. He's a freshman. Came in. We obviously had some serious issues at the, the corner spot, and we're way down on numbers. And he's hopped in there and played. And so he developed himself through play. But there's three or four other kids that you know we recruited that have walked in here and through camp have looked good. But you know, there's a settling process once you go through camp. You get yourself in a position. All of a sudden, okay, I got this little bit to be able to get on the field and play. Whether that's in practice or if it's in the game, and we were able to recognize a few of those kids as we went through camp. They're starting to get more involved. In special teams um, and the bottom line is is you continually play the best guys and and we have some young pups in this program that we brought in a year ago that are, are pushing mightily so for some of those older kids and you know there's like we talked about the first year there's a lot of changeover on this team uh, as far as productivity on offense and on defense and um, you know a lot of those older guys that are in here haven't played a lot and you know we recruit every day and I tell the kids the same thing I'm not telling you something I don't tell them I say we, we, we actually do work every single day 
way to out recruit you and that that's just kind of what we do right i mean that's that's the world that we live in is try to get the best guys we can get that doesn't mean we don't like you it doesn't mean we don't want to take care of you it doesn't mean we don't want to see you succeed in life we want to make the, the players around you as good as we possibly can be and that means get the best players we can get um and that's taking a place a little bit in with a few of our young kids and that's the natural progression of college football you have to fight every day to uh you know to keep your job and our kids understand that and i think they've handled it well so you're talking about some of the competition between the younger guys and you know i'm watching stony brook play out and obviously first week against wake forest and i'm watching jalen warren and gerald bright two great running backs you know guys that can both get it done for you will you talk about the differences between the two coach and and how sometimes it's one a and one b yeah, it's a, to me, it's a lot like when we were here and we had Robert and we had Kerwin. Um, and then we obviously had Michael Smith also. Uh, they, they complement each other, you know, very, very, very nicely. Um, you know, um, we had James White and Melvin Gordon at, at, uh, at Wisconsin. Those two kids complement themselves very well. That's much like G. Bright and like Jalen is. J- Jalen's a little, you know, he's thicker. Um, both are great zone runners. Bright is a wide receiver when he was recruited here. Obviously, he's put on weight and got where he is, but he's not going to be as thick and um, as, as powerful, I suppose, at the point of attack, but he is more shifty. Um, he has more wiggle in him as he gets to the outside. Um, he's got more speed to him if he gets to the edges of the defense. Jalen's more of a downhill back on the inside. Both have very good vision, um, have the ability to make people miss at the second level. So I th- they're just a really a nice complement to each other, um, in, in my opinion, and I think you need that if you're going to have real good backs that are going to go through a full season. And both of those kids, just like the other two, the other four young men I mentioned, um, they, they know they complement each other, and they push each other. They compete against each other. They want the ball just uh, uh, every time, but they're very, very respectful and understand that they're a better football player because their counterpart is doing a nice job also. And it's not like, oh, man, he just got an 80-yard run, and I didn't. Uh, i got to do that. Uh, we have two really good backs, and there's not a starter. That's how we look at it. That's one thing I wish I could take every listener, every football fan out there that hasn't had an opportunity to play at the collegiate or professional level and put them in a locker room where you've got a good, healthy competition between guys that actually like each other, that force each other to higher level play and rotation, but then believe in each other and support each other when they come off the field. And it's not easy to build that relationship. But when you find it, you know, you, you mentioned the relationship you had uh, in the years before when you were there at Utah State. It's not easy to find it, but when you got it, Coach, that's really special when you can find it. It is, and I think it's a, it's a really a part of the, the kids is the biggest part of it because they've got to buy into that. And secondly, it's the coaching staff as a whole understanding that we really do. And we say we need to get the best 22 guys we can possibly get. Um, we need to get those guys. We need to get them on offense. We need to get them on defense. And is everybody ready to go in there and play? No, but we're going to work to make sure that everybody can play in the 22 on that side of the ball. But that's not really a fact. But when we do have that opportunity, such as the defensive tackle position right now, we have that opportunity. We have four, even five kids that can go in and play, and they're all going to play. Um, and there's, there's, again, there's not an ego there. So it's, uh, you, you want to be as, as hard as you ask these kids to play in today's day and age, it's hard for them to go out and say, oh, we're going to play 80 or 90 snaps. It's, it's virtually impossible. And you see that in the NFL also. Those kids don't come in and play every single snap. So, you know, certain guys do. Quarterbacks are different and what have you. But uh, it, it's, it's just it's whatever you present to them and then you put your money where your mouth is, you're going to have an opportunity to, uh, to have success and kids will believe. And these kids do a great job. Job with that 
One thing I'm sure that all Utah State Aggies fans are, are watching and talking about depth is, is the backup quarterback situation. You know, Jordan Love is going to do what he's going to do, and he is incredible, and he does a good job staying clean. I, I think an offensive line keeps him clean. I think his release, his quick release keeps him clean. But I, I know that you had an opportunity to work more with Henry, Henry Columbia. He was nearly 100% from the field against Stony Brook in the ten, nine or ten throws that he had and nearly 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. What have you seen from your backup quarterback, and how much opportunity did you get to work with him in the in the bye week? Well, I think he's uh, completely in tune with Coach Sanford as well as Jordan is, which is awesome. Um, their relationship is very good in that room. It's um, it's a great teaching environment. It's a it's an environment where they walk in and they can all speak, they can all talk, they can all communicate. Um, but they all know who the kingpin is, and uh, that's Jordan Love, and that's okay. They're good with that. They understand that. But it hasn't stopped them from developing, understanding when they get their reps, they need to make their reps count, not walk in there and you know count their reps as they go through time. And so that's, it's been very good. And Henry is he's uh, just continuing to grow and, and develop, and the understanding of the offense continues to grow. And I think that uh, Mike and the rest of the offensive staff, you know, give him a good opportunity to to get a number of reps and practice that are real. He's just not sitting out there and learning on the fly or watching the film all the time. And Jordan gets the majority of the reps, but Henry gets a good amount of reps, and uh, and so did Andrew when he had those opportunities. So it's uh, you know it's it's a good spot for those kids to be in and, and grow and develop. But I, I, I love what he's done. Um, I'm glad I'm glad he's on our team, and he has a great attitude in the position that he's in, and he's ready to rock and roll. Any moment he gets called on, he'll be in there. You, you did briefly mention the health at the corner position and just the overall health of the defensive backfield. Are, are you are you coming out of bye week? Are you feeling a little bit more confident now going into conference play? Ah, uh, potentially. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, it's, it's, you know, this is going to be a process to get back to where we were uh, walking into the to the Wake Forest game. But you know, the the key thing is that is you help the kids get better. You help them come back, and you help them deal with the the injury situation that they have, and with the, from a mental part and from a physical part. And then secondly, you you adjust, and we will continue to adjust ourselves as needed, um, and uh, you know, get the right kids in the right spot, and continue to work and mold the defense. If schemes in, in a position to be able to help our team succeed as a whole, understanding offense, defense, and special teams, not just selfishly looking at the defensive side of the ball and saying this is, you know, what we have to do here. You try to look at the whole thing in the big picture to get us uh, to where we can beat. Obviously, win as many games as we possibly can in a, in a very difficult schedule. So it's a work in progress. They're working hard to get back. I don't have a timetable um, on all of them, but uh, I know they'll get back as soon as they're able. Coach, I had actually worked on a couple of things, and my tech helped me out with this. Zach uh, put some numbers together. But a conversation that I kind of want to go down with, with you, where you've been across the country working at the P5 level, and now you come back and you're working with a group of five team, a high-level group of five team at Utah State. But and, and I'm sure you guys have paid attention to this, but the Mountain West Conference is 8-6 and six against all P5 teams. They're 4-4 four and four against Pac-12 teams, and they're 4-2 and two against the other Power 5 teams that they've played as a conference. So they're 8-6 and six total. And I sit on the radio and I talk about, well, the, the money has to drive a gap. But I think that the money, it feels like the money is even driving a gap in, in P5 play. It feels like there's a gap of, you know, five or six teams, but it feels like the group of five is sitting pretty well with the Power 5 as far as competition. What Do you see the gap growing as much as maybe... I've made made it sound to be or or others may have observed it to be 
Well, I think this league this year, um, and I can only speak really for this year, has obviously represented themselves extremely well. And you know, even the games that weren't there, there was a lot of really close ones that uh, that we didn't end up getting as a as a, as a league, um, which is awesome. You know, the, the key thing for us is the ability, and I speak for us as a whole in the Mountain West, is. We're, we're developmental teams, right? Um, there's nobody that just goes out there and says, okay, we got these guys that are tailor-made and ready to play. You hope you have a few of them, um, but uh, that doesn't happen with a large number of kids, so you just have to stay healthy. And if you stay healthy, you got a great opportunity to continue to compete and play at a high level, and I think there's really good coaches, there's really good players. Um, we do a great job of developing players, and, and when you're developing kids, they can close that gap, right? They can close the gap on where they were for whatever reason they were where they were when they graduated from high school or came out of junior college, that gap can be, you can gain on that gap. Maybe kids are, you know, driven in different ways or they grow, they develop, they get in the weight room. There's a lot of those stories that come with it, and we pride ourselves on that, and I know many teams in the Mountain West pride themselves on that. And then if you can, you know, you can help yourself with the transfer portal or whatever it may be that can help boost your your team a little bit as you go through there. Um, But, again, we've represented ourselves very well as a league. It's great to see, Um, and it's going to be fierce competition in this league this year. I'm telling you, we we got one coming out of us this weekend that's a big-time game already. you got Boise Air Force playing on Friday night. That's a huge game. Uh, they're all over the place. It's going to be a lot of competition. It is. It's a, it's a great conference. I mean, it's a, a fun, great conference to watch right now. And you talk about San Diego State, and they've done some fantastic things. You know, and, yep, there's no and doubt. Even to watch them play against Jay Hill's uh, Weber State Wildcats and watch them you know, push that tempo, that's a really good Weber State team. And they were able to get that win. It's just, it just seems like it's going to be extremely difficult competition throughout, coach. Yep, it is. It's going to be it's going to be a battle, and you just look at the adjustments that these coaches continually make. You know, it's San Diego State early in the year. I think they wanted to be more spread, and it showed up on film. And Rocky had talked about that. They wanted to be more opened up, and you know that that hadn't gone so well for them. And now they've kind of gone back to who they were, and they found their roots and, and play a little bit of that, and play a little bit of more hunkered down and smash mouth football. And I think they're doing that because it complements their offense, yes, but it also complements a great defense who's giving up eight points a game. So it, it's you. You look at these coaches, and they're not just selfishly coaching on offense or defense. Or you know, we've got to do this and score 60 points a game. It doesn't matter how fast we go; we're just going to throw our defense out there and hope they can survive. These guys coach to win football games, and that's great for the student athletes, and it's great for the university as a whole uh, because there is adjustments that are made every year that are unforeseen. You don't know what's going to happen. Again, that can be injuries; it can be a million different things that come your way. But you know, a lot of these coaches do a great job of adjusting their team for that year because the bottom line is that year you're playing 2019 football, you're playing for those seniors, and you're playing for your fans to do the best you can do to represent the university the right way and give great experiences to your seniors. Coach, by the way, Coach Gary Anderson, head coach at Utah State uh, with the Aggies football team, hanging out with us for just a couple more minutes. Coach, as you left Utah State, went out to Wisconsin, went out to Oregon State, and now you've returned to Utah State, and you've seen the resources with Wisconsin. You were at the University of Utah for a bit as you transitioned from Oregon State, and you were with Oregon State. Now you come back to Utah State. When you look at the overall resources that you have to succeed there in Logan, does it match some of the things that you've seen throughout the, the country and the different conferences that you've been a part of? Do you, do you feel like you've got the backing and the resources that you need to succeed at the level you want to succeed at? 
Oh, absolutely. That's always an ongoing process, right? There's facilities and there's nutrition and there's mentors and tutors and all the support that the kids get. Um, you know, and we always are going to pride ourselves on looking at ourselves as, you know, not a Power 5 team by title, but a Power 5 team overall. Now, there's big differences in those Power 5 as far as what they get and where they go. And, you know, uh, the places I've been, it's it's very different. But just as, as I, I think there's a... Uh, I guess a quality of life, I would say, and a quality in, in the athletic life that these young men have, or quite frankly, young men and young women in, in certain universities, that it is a Power Five experience um, by the way that they're treated and they're cared for. And I've said this many times. I think here, absolutely, it's a work in progress to continually get that done every single year. There's not the gift of here's all this TV money every year to get you where you need to be. We don't have that. It's very, very limited here compared to what Power Five conferences get. It's a it's a drop in the bucket. So we have to work through great boosters and donors and supporters and everybody else that goes into that to be able to sustain that. And we have to be very smart on how we spend our money and the way we take care of ourselves and take care of the student athletes. Um, but yes, do we have a lot of the things that uh, make it go from the academic support that we have, our mentors, our tutors, our training room, the amount of people down there, the access to our doctors and our physical therapy people. You go into the weight room. <clears throat> We have a full complement of weight room people down in there as far as to people training our kids in the weight room and all of our sports do, and I don't want to go on and on with that, but you know, it's important for us to make sure that people realize that we work our tails off here through some very, very generous people to be able to present ourselves with the student-athletes experience as a Power 5 experience. Again, those are skewed as you go through different places, but we believe we give that experience to kids. Fantastic stuff, Coach Anderson. I appreciate your time. Uh, and I, we'll all be watching. I mean, the Mount West Conference is must-watch football. And anybody out there that thinks, oh, well, our team is in the Pac-12 or, well, our team is playing Washington and then we just got done with Tennessee. Look, there's really good football being played in the Mount West Conference right now. And it starts this weekend with Utah State taking on San Diego State. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And, Coach Anderson, we really appreciate you. Appreciate you, Hans. Appreciate all you guys do. Have a great week, and go Aggies.